me get this straight. We each go our own way. We find a woman completely on our own, and we let Tupperman decide who's done the best job? Mm-hmm. Wait a second. There's got to be something wrong with this. Why? I love it. Welcome to the show, Moonlighting fans. Whether you're a Moonlighting fan from way back when, or whether you are new to Moonlighting and you want to know what all the hype is about, you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. And we're your hosts for the podcast that is all about Moonlighting. When we talk about Moonlighting, we're talking about the Emmy award-winning 80s TV series starring Bruce Willis and Simple Shepherd. So if you're a fan of theirs, you're going to want to stay tuned as we review all 66 episodes. We hope you enjoy this journey with us because we are going to be watching the series episodes one by one and discussing them every week. Now this is going to take several years as you can imagine, so please join us because we are going to have so much fun along the way. We will also be releasing bonus episodes of interviews with creators, cast and crew to extend your listening experience. That's right. And we really want to include our Moonlighting fans in this project as much as possible. So write to us and let us know what your thoughts are. And even if you have some trivia to disclose, our email address is fans at moonlightingthepodcast.com. And we will include you in our future episodes. So stay with us. Shauna and I are beyond excited to finally bring Moonlighting into the 21st century for some serious discussions. You up for it, Shauna? I sure am. Well, let's get started. Well, hi, Grace. Hi, Shauna. We're back for Bride of Tupperman. Yes. What an episode. Yes. A very fast-paced dialogue episode full of references also. Yeah. Action-packed. <laughs> so let's unpack it. Okay. Bride of Tupperman. It first aired on the 14th of January, 1986. It was directed by Will McKenzie and Christian I. Nyby II. It was written by Glenn Gordon-Karen, Jeff Reno, and Ron Osborne. Guest stars Guy Boyd as Alan Tupperman, Nora Heflin as Molly Lewis, Deborah Wakeham as Stevie, Lou Dressler as the landlady, and Sidney Lassick as the neighbour. The synopsis of the episode, a wealthy but lonely man hires Maddie and David to find him a suitable wife. He provides them with a description of his perfect mate, which he has been unable to find. Although Maddie initially does not want to take the case as Blue Moon is not a dating agency, Maddie and David eventually decide to go their separate ways, each finding a candidate based on their own ideals. The client seems to choose the woman selected by David, but then it transpires that not only did he choose both women, but that he was already married. When they attempt to confront him, they find the woman chosen by David dead and the client in the hospital which leads them to discover his true scheme. He is the biggest bigamist in bigamy history. Try saying that three times fast. (laughs) (laughs) He says that so well, though, later, very fast, too. Oh, my gosh, I know. You know, very rhythmic. It's very (laughs) rhythmic and musical, like uh, Glenn Glenn pointed out in the interview we did with him. (laughs) And Bruce always kind of moves his hand along with the dialogue. You know, you can tell he's kind of like keeping time with his hands. You ever uh, yeah, that? I th- I think it helps him along. Yeah. So the Bride of Tupperman title is a reference to Bride of Frankenstein, which was a 1935 American science fiction horror movie, and it was the sequel to the 1931 film Frankenstein. And Shauna, what I found funny about this is the similarity between this and Moonlighting is that when they were making Bride of Frankenstein, they had script problems and it kept delaying the project. Oh, yeah. So they also had script delays. <laughs> hmm, um, yeah. So the film starred Boris Karloff as the monster. So taking place immediately after the events of the earlier film, it is rooted in a subplot of the original Mary Shelley novel, Frankenstein. Its plot follows a chastened Henry Frankenstein as he attempts to abandon his plans to create life, only to be tempted and finally coerced by his old mentor, Dr. Pretorius, along with threats from the monster, into constructing a mate for the monster. And as we can clearly see what David is watching in the intro. 
Yeah. And uh, that's the first thing I wrote when I took notes, um, Bride of Tupperman. So usually we're kind of like, what's this alluding to? What is uh, the reference? Well, they dive right into it in the first scene. You know, there, <laughs> there he is watching Bride of Frankenstein. I mean, it's no uh, hidden, hidden meaning here. So, I mean, perfect title. It's all about finding a mate and piecing together a bride for their customer. So great intro with hitting it right on the nose, you know, with David watching Bride of Tupperman, I'm sorry, Bride of Frankenstein <laughs> um, in the opening scene and, you know, just bored at Blue Moon, remote in the popcorn, you know, talking to the screen, talking to the character and all of that stuff, which is a really perfect way to start. I think it's hilarious how he's got his bowl of popcorn in his drawer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the remote sticking out. And the remote well. sticking out of the popcorn. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's right. She's got her mother's eyes. Mm-hmm. Somebody's mother's eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not only does it just go directly with the title of the episode, kind of setting up the plot already, but just also going back to how Blue Moon just doesn't have enough business. They don't have enough to do. He's bored and soon we find out so is Maddie. Yeah. I <laughs> It's a really funny intro with just him talking to the TV screen and yeah. commenting on the movie. Yes. Hey, Shauna, are you a sort of person that comments on a movie while you're watching it and annoys everybody? <laughs> I am. <laughs> are you? No, I try not to do that too much, but I don't think it's uh, something I regularly do. But yeah, there's a few times I've had to make some comments, of course. <laughs> What gets me also is David is not worried at all that he might get in trouble with Maddie if she walks in watching him watch TV. Yeah, he's not worried. As soon as Maddie comes in, she's bored too. You know, no one has anything to do around there. I mean, who knows what Maddie was doing in her office? Maybe she was listening to um, Heartbreak Hotline or something. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I thought it was a great plug for Universal Studios. Yeah, they show quite a bit of the movie, I thought. You know, they, mm. they were showing quite a bit. I wonder if they had rights to do it at the time. You know, how do they get all of these clips of uh, Bread of Frankenstein? Yeah, because um, I think yeah. it shows the Universal logo when Alan Tupperman is watching it. Oh, okay. At the I end. Think at the end, yeah. 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 So David's watching Bread of Frankenstein. You know, he's bored. He's commenting. The, all the comments are very funny. Her heart's in the right place. Give or take a few inches and things like that. <laughs> Come on, sister, give him a break. Sherry's got a couple spark plugs in his neck, but at least his heart's in the right place. Give or take a couple inches. Then <laughs> um, Maddie enters, and this place is dead. <laughs> so continuing that thought, and she's leaving, Grace. And I've written here since when. What? I mean, it's not like her to leave early, is it? No, but that's what David was saying, and she was saying... There's, you know, nothing to do. Maybe she was in her office. Remember, she had a date, but that guy called. So maybe she was a little bit disheartened with everything. It was just like, ah, forget it. You know, there's nothing to do around here. It's Friday. I don't have a date. I'm going home. Yeah. Put on some old standards. Pour a glass of Chardonnay or Chablis. And then that's when David says, don't do it, Frank. Don't pull the lever. And the whole mountain explodes. And um, (laughs) that's right. And she's like, I'm not surprised. You just can't say no to some guys. Don't do it, Frank. Don't pull the lever. I'm not surprised. You just can't say no to some guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Maddie, 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 what are you doing, doing, doing? David, 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 I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. Maddie, 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 what are you doing, doing, doing? David, 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 I'm leaving, leaving, leaving. <laughs> so get the old dialogue in there, hit him chasing her down the... Well, into the main office first. And it's obvious he doesn't want her to leave. He follows her out, grabs her by the arm, turns her around. And what would it look like if the Queen Bee leaves work two hours early? Of course, Jurgensen's reading the paper and Neil's throwing up a football. Yep. (laughs) And she's like, that's a risk I'm willing to take. (laughs) We see the staff is bored. Maddie's bored. David's bored. It's a Friday. There's nothing to do. No clients. And they're ready to just... uh, Call it a weekend, I guess, or Maddie is anyway. Yeah, David doesn't want her to go, of course. No, he's doing everything he can to stop her from going. And they do the great walk and talk down the corridor to the lift. Yeah, this is uh, one of the first longer walk and talks we get down to the elevator. And him trying to convince her that uh, maybe they should go out, do something, find something to do together. That's when he's kind of saying, 
what, no plans? You're just going home. It's Friday, the day people get paid. The night people get what rhymes would pay the first day of the rest of your weekend. (laughs) (laughs) No plans on a Friday night. And then that's when we hear that Maddie had a date, but he canceled on her because he's getting married. (laughs) The poor thing. She doesn't have much luck, does she? (laughs) I know. That's terrible. She's so funny. She's like, why couldn't he have met her next week? I hate eating alone. It's like she doesn't really care about the date so much. She just wanted something to do, I guess. I really like how he says to the first day of the rest of your weekend and she says it happens and he says, really to you? Is Ripley aware of this? (laughs) (laughs) Referring to Ripley's Believe It or Not show. That's right. And I noted Sybil's look. She's wearing lots of makeup in this episode. Yes. Very heavy applied makeup. Yeah, I've written here, what's with the eyeliner again? Yeah, lots of eyeliner. Yeah, the next couple episodes, she kind of does wear a lot of eyeliner. And the last one too, right? So she gets in the elevator. Follows her in. Oh, I um, noted... When she says, well, if there's nothing else to discuss, I noted that's a weird line. That just didn't seem to tie in with anything. Like if there's nothing else to discuss, I don't know. Did it strike you as a little bit? I don't think it was anything she normally would say. I would have thought she would have said, oh, if there's nothing else and then got in the elevator. Or, well, bye. Have a good weekend. Or I don't know, something (laughs) like that. Just didn't seem natural, but that's all right. She gets in and he hops in with her. I just had a thought. We better get you a doctor. We better get you a doctor. Yes, I said we should have counted these, Grace. There's so many. We'd have like off the charts counts because every episode there's one or more of that these. She ins- you know, that she that. insults him. <laughs> yeah, once in a while he does too. And another line of David's that he says a couple times throughout the series, PDQ. Yes, I noticed that. He'll have to get on the horn PDQ and free up his schedule. And do you know what PDQ stands for? No. Pretty damn quick. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think I searched it. It's not something I use or really hear other people say, but um, I think I looked it up before. I get, you know, on the horn pretty damn quick. I'm going <laughs> to so start PDQ. using that. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, huh? Quick way to say, yeah, you know, that you can make something happen. But if I get on the horn PDQ, I may be able to lose a few rendezvous, juggle a few jiggles, and I just might be able to free up my schedule enough to squeeze you in. <laughs> Do you think he had plans? No. He no. was probably just going to go to a bar, I reckon. Yeah, I'm sure he was going to go out and do something. Uh, Maybe last minute call some friends or meet up at a bar, look at women. I've written here, I love the way she looks at him after he says, you and me go out, do something together. Oh, I know. Yeah, they get kind of shy. It's kind of like they suddenly feel shy and awkward. Yeah, the dynamic definitely changes during that. Yes, it's kind of like just the mention of, it's like they could go out and they've discussed this in other episodes and they might go just spontaneously go and if Manny does anything spontaneous, go for a drink after work, which they've alluded to before. And we don't know if they do or not, but it seems like they have. And it wouldn't be awkward because they'd probably just go and have a drink and talk shop. But at the mention of, well, we're two single people, maybe we could find something to do together. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it just changes the temperature a little bit. They get to the lobby and the elevator door opens and she's acting like a little schoolgirl. Yeah. He's acting sort of nervous yeah. and saying his coat's upstairs, so they go back up. And the moonlighting music starts playing. Perfect timing as usual. Doo-doo. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And I wrote, David's got her right where he wants her, but what now? You know, because he kind of mm. like, he always knows like where he wants her, but once he kind of gets her there, he doesn't know what to do with her. <laughs> he doesn't know where like where <laughs> this goes around. Or how far to push it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's always hard to agree on what to do. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Great. Come on. Just, David, agree to something, you know? <laughs> I know that's not them, but every single thing, it's yeah. the opposite. Maybe we could see a movie. Yeah, sure, a movie. Oh, there's a French film. That's French? Like... You mean like foreign? Well, what else would I mean? I don't know. Dirty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, music, you know, oh, jazz yeah. or blues or Yeah, how or, about music or, then? Yeah. Now you're cooking. I know this great night spot on the west side. I notice when he says that his, his New York accent comes out a little bit there too. Um yeah. yeah. He's sort of talking like one of the sopranos. The perfect place yeah. to make you f- you forget. Forget what? See, it's already working. <laughs> it's already working. 
But, you know, no, I can't picture Maddie there either, David. I mean, why isn't he trying to find a place that he can take her that he knows that she would want to go or she'd be comfortable? I mean, he should know. Mm. She doesn't want to do those kind of things. I mean, but that's fine. That's just the way it goes. Um, (laughs) That's moonlighting. Dancing Um, then. Rock all night. Get totally sweated up. This isn't going to work. We're not going to agree on anything tonight any more than we agree on anything ever. I disagree. (laughs) Yeah, I disagree. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's that's funny. That's good. (laughs) Good writing right there. They can't agree. So she says, you know what? Let's just forget all that. I'm, I'll just go home, slip into a bubble bath with a glass of wine, which is very Maddie. Yeah, it comes up very close to the camera there too. Yeah. I'm expected to go to bash into the lens when she does that. <laughs> I know. I know. That was, that was funny. But the best line yeah. ever in this scene is when she says what you just said, I'd rather have a glass of wine, slip into a hot bubble bath, and he says, fine. Why don't we stop at my place on the way? <laughs> I know. No, that is great. And he's including himself in it. But I also wrote, stop at his place. Why? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, she didn't say no. <laughs> she didn't say no. <laughs> but, like, you know. But why would you ever stop? Like, why are they going to stop at his place on the way? I mean, he's joking, I guess. But like... <laughs> You know, why don't you just pick up your coat and say, let's go? (laughs) Not that that was going to happen, but I was just like, why is he suggesting to stop at his place if there's any chance of being in a bubble bath with Maddie, you know, with a glass of wine? That's right. You just go straight to her place. That's right there. Yeah. Why why are we stopping (laughs) in his place? And there's absolutely nothing to do there. He thinks they owe it to themselves to find something they can do together, which, you know, it's quite true. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. Dinner, you choose anywhere. Well, that was a big mistake, wasn't it? So she's thinking, well, there's a new restaurant around the corner that's supposed to have good seafood and the smirk. Anywhere you want to go. Anywhere? Anywhere. You sure? I'm sure. Positive. Positive. Well, there is this new restaurant a couple blocks away supposed to have wonderful seafood. Seafood. Mm, Seafood. But still, David, they'll have something besides seafood. Just go to dinner, you know? Like he said, okay, you pick anywhere you want to go. He was not helping himself, was he? Oh, the single shots two single shots of them. Although I do think we get a lot of them in the same room this episode, but well, I guess when they're like searching for the women, maybe not, there are times when they're together. They mentioned that we're both single people here in the city or whatever. And it's always the two of them together. Do they have friends? What is their life outside of blue moon? I mean, David must have some, we don't see them, but that's just always interesting to me. It's like, okay, so they're two single people. They are always together. What is their life like outside of Blue Moon? Because really, neither of them did seem like they had plans on a Friday night. No. Like but we find out later, a lot of his friends are in New York, aren't they? Right. Yeah, I don't think we ever meet a friend of his in LA that he has currently. So they can't agree on anything. And then she says, Monday, David. Monday? And <laughs> she swings the door open and comes nose to nose with our Mr. Pesto. Mr. Pesto. I was just coming in. I was just going out. Well, what do you think the chances of that happening again are? You came in here to tell us something? Did you just guess that? What is it? I don't know, but a cousin of mine had it too. Answered her front door before anyone ever rang the bell. (laughs) (laughs) They're always trying to kind of um, get a grasp on how kooky they want Mr. Pesto to be, I think, or how, you know, how sometimes she's portrayed more of like an idiot than she probably really is, you know. So she tells them that there's a man here to see them. And of course, Maddie and David disagree on where they should welcome the client. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. Well, we're here now. Well, it's open in my office. This, that. Yeah, I know. It's like my notes say this episode is all about highlighting how different they are, that they cannot agree on anything. So DePesto decides for them. What is it you wanted to tell us? Oh, there's a man here to see you. Oh, well, we'll Bring be right in. out. I think What's my office doing is it right more here. appropriate. Okay, we'll do it, it here. Hmm. You are already here. She smiles and she walks backwards. She's so cute. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then David's last idea of the motor oil. <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> oh, my God. Seriously. Now he's crossing over into, like, offensive. Like, he's starting to offend her. How about this? No pressure. We go over to your house. We take off all our clothes. We get a couple cans of 90-weight motor oil. We rub it all over ourselves. We see what we feel like doing. <laughs> I just don't even get that. What's with the motor oil? The look she gives him, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's just starting to offend her at this point. I don't even get this whole thing about the motor oil. <laughs> joking or what? Doesn't have to be 90 weight. Yeah, it doesn't have to be 90 weight. Yeah, I know. He's just getting further and further away from spending any time with Maddie tonight. <laughs> he does the smirk again. Smirk again. Because he or she's just flabbergasted by what he says. 
They're just standing there staring at each other. And Mr. Tupperman comes in and the handshake thing again. Tupperman just like blows right past him. And David's like, I think he like wipes his hands off. Like, "Mm, okay. What is it with their clients not wanting to shake hands with them? I know. (laughs) Some kind of like just running gag that is never really pointed out, but you always notice. I don't know. This guy just seems like arrogant and rude and he doesn't have time for it. He's just all about his, you know, he kind of is coming in like Mr. Addison, Miss Hayes, here's the paperwork. This is what I want. This is why I'm here. He doesn't have time for any kind of pleasantries or anything. But did you notice as Tupperman's walking in, Maddie is still looking at David mesmerized. Yeah. She's not turning towards him, greeting him and David puts his hand out and Tupperman kind of like just brushes in between them. I don't know what Maddie's thinking at this point. Like she's just, what is with this guy? So Mr. Alan Tupperman walks in and asks them if they're experienced at missing persons work. Something quick I noticed, which I've never noticed before. It's no big deal. But did you notice that Maddie hands her handbag to Agnes to take it to her office? No. When Agnes Mm. leaves? Now that you mention it, I think, Mm. yeah, it's in my mind. You know, that's about that. Yeah. Just something small I noticed. And again, the client is offering $5,000 without even asking their fee. Yeah, the fees are always all over the place. You know, 50000 <laughs> 5000 10000 Is it up to the client to like name the price or what? Yeah, so 5000 now and 25000 when they find her. Maddie's confused because he has no details about this woman. So he has no idea who this person is. And then he begins to describe his life saying that this may seem a little unorthodox. <laughs> yeah. Don't swear yeah. it. Orthodox or unorthodox, we have no religious preferences here. <laughs> I know. Then he yeah, says the rabbi that. joke, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Alan begins to tell them about himself, describing his life. He's 39 years old and has a lot of money and he buys a car every two and a half years and owns a house and a boat. The Reed's Playboy never leaves home without his American Express card and shaves twice a day. Believes in God, but he's miserably and terribly alone. Breath problem. (laughs) So he's just your, you know, according to him, average red-blooded American male. Makes good money and all of that, but he's alone, so he says. 30000 if they can find the woman who fits this description. He gives them the paperwork, which represents the ideal woman of his dreams. Everything he's looking for in a mate and a partner, but he doesn't know if this woman actually exists. So he's hoping that they can find her for him because he hasn't been able to find her in 20 years that he's been looking. He tells Maddie he's committed. And if they can find this woman, he'll marry her. And David loves the idea, of course, you know, like (laughs) order out of deli. (laughs) I mean, I have to say, I mean, it kind of makes sense. They're detectives. Of course, normally they would be looking for someone that he already knew who disappeared. He's saying, I know what I'm looking for. You're detectives. It's your job to find people. Why don't you find the woman of my dreams? So it is unorthodox. It isn't what they normally do. But I mean, in a way, I like the idea. Do you? Yeah, it's it's just a different version of a missing person. So, yeah, you know, exactly. But David, in his usual way. He realizes that Tupperman is ahead of his time and has uncovered yet another untapped market for detective yes. agencies everywhere. <laughs> a whole other market, a whole other, you know, side business for them. No, they're always trying to find ways to make money. I love the example he uses. Alan, do you know what you are? You are a man ahead of your time. You have just opened up a whole new source of revenue for detective agencies everywhere. He did? I did. Sure, I can see it now. Lines of guys walking in, placing their orders, walking out with the girls in their dreams. Could you have a menu? I trade from column A, trade from column B, kind of like a distaff deli. Give me a brunette astronaut who likes racquetball. Hold the breast to go. Better yet, I'll have her here. (laughs) Gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Order up your perfect person and let the uh, detectives find this mate. But Alan thinks he's making fun of him, that they're not interested in taking the case. Uh-huh. Maddie asks why, because Blue Moon isn't a dating service. He explains it. He's been say. everywhere and he can't find her. Yeah. It's a great idea, but it's a different business. That's what a dating service is for. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, why us? Why are you coming to us? Maddie's a bit mortified. Well, dating is tough, you know, and he says, have you been out there lately? And of course they do there. David says, yes. Maddie says, no. There yes, no response at the same time, disagreeing again. <laughs> but then that's kind of funny because Maddie had a date later that night. So it seems like she has been out there, but maybe it's the first date she's had in a while. Her dates never seem to work out. Oh no. They never do. 
So Tupperman goes to leave, leaves his address and phone number and a picture and a complete description of him as well. And what a surprise, Maddie doesn't want to take the case. This is unusual. Just a few side notes. I feel like Sybil looks really tired here. Mm. I feel like she's stiff and tense. I feel like like you can almost sense that they're not getting along in these scenes. Sybil and Bruce, I don't know if you got that sense at all. I feel like there's like other tension going on. And when they turn to each other after Tupperman leaves, they turn and face each other. And I think they say the lines like, well, well, I think we shouldn't take this case, right? Right as Sybil says that, she like sticks her tongue up into her cheek, almost like she's trying to get something out of her tooth. Did you notice that? No. Yes. Always notice that. And I'm like, oh. what is she doing? If you watch her like tongue goes up into her cheek, like she's like trying to suck something out of her tooth. <laughs> Oh, that's weird. That's so weird. Yeah. You got to look again. Well, you know, she says, well, you know, you want to know what I think? I think we shouldn't take this case. Yeah. And she does that thing with her tongue Mm. on the side of her cheek. They walk out of David's office and he's trying to convince her that this case is something unique. A chance to. A chance to. Pimp. 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 (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's our first door slam. Yes. And then he enters and slams the door. So he's just trying to explain to her that we're just finding a woman for a man, for money. That's all. As he grabs her briefcase, did you notice that he grabs her briefcase off her as she tries to walk out? Yes. But he's right. He said, well, hang on, I'll go along with what you say, but don't you think there should be discussion about this first? But she's adamant she's going home. And he's like, what about Rambo, the steak, dancing till dawn? They've been called on account of stupidity. (laughs) And when he says Rambo, he's talking about the movie, right? I think so. Okay. They never discussed going to see Rambo, but obviously that was something he would have wanted to see, but not her. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Like another thing that she wouldn't want to do. I don't know if she'd want to have a steak, I guess so. And Dancing Till Dawn wasn't going to happen. So Maddie likes to dance, but I mean. Yes. I so they've danced yeah, before. So they can dance again. But maybe it wasn't the kind of dancing that she thought. You know, he, he thought they were going <laughs> to like, you know, get, get all sweaty at a nightclub. You kill me. You kill me. Oh, if only I could. <laughs> if only I could, yeah. But why is Maddie so mad? Why is she mad at David? Because he wants to consider it? It's just like she gets so angry right away and she won't even discuss mm. it with David. She just gets so heated. It's like he just wants to consider it and she's just angry at him. I don't think she ever wants to agree with anything he says. Is it just because like this is not what we do? So does she think that he's stupid for even considering it? You know, no, this is like a dating service thing, David. This is not for us. So maybe that's why she just gets so mad. Like like they have no regular clients coming in and now they've got this on their plate and he wants to consider it and she doesn't and it's Friday and she wants to go home. And Well, he's thinking, well, this will be a chance to do something rewarding to give a man second chance at life, some happiness. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't see that. So for once, we won't be investigating a tragedy. We'll be doing something noble. See, he Um, always makes good points. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, good point. So they get Mm -hmm. to the elevator. Mm-hmm. This is when he gets serious. How's the serious face on him? Mm-hmm. Yep. Why did he come to see you, detective, model, oh, yeah. girl? He pulls which this is, one on her a lot, though. Yeah, which is a good point. He could have gone to any other detective agency, mostly yeah. men all over town. Why? Because you're a woman. If the guy was just looking to get lucky, he could have gone to any one of 100 detectives, mostly men all over town. Why do you think he came to you? I have no idea. Because you're a woman, Maddie. Because he is sincerely looking for a partner to share his life with. And who better to help him find that partner than you? A sophisticated, intelligent, beautiful woman. Then silence. Just them looking at each other. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And then automatically he knows. He's like, are we working this weekend? Pick me up tomorrow morning. (laughs) You got it, partner. He always knows how to get to her. And it's about her. You know what I mean? When he makes it about her, I guess. Like, why did he come to you? You, Maddie, model celebrity pick me up in the morning is that what she says she says pick me up tomorrow morning okay but how she's going to take the car right now <laughs> <laughs> this bloody car <laughs> this car is, it's always like well how's he gonna pick her up if she's going to the car park to take the car and go home <laughs> this car you know? i swear to god it's chitty chitty bang bang it just flies around just whoever needs it at the time it's in their hands magical 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But you know what? I don't like the end of this scene. I'm a bit funny with how they end a scene sometimes, I know, because she's told him earlier on that he's full of crap. But at the end of this, they could have just ended it there. But no, they had to end it with her saying, you're still full of crap. And he says, what else is new? Yeah, which doesn't totally add up either. He has a lot of things, but I don't know if he's full of crap all the time. I just thought it was a nice touching scene towards the end and it uncovers how he really sees Maddie. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just ended it with, oh, you're still full of crap. I'm like, really? (laughs) Go away. They can hardly ever make it nice, you know. Come join our Facebook community at Fans of Moonlighting the Podcast. And our Instagram community at Moonlighting the Podcast. So we're back in the car. Yes, yeah, a nice little car scene. What did I write? I said, it says, um, have you ever looked for a fantasy before? That's very telling of Maddie. Not someone else's fantasy, but she looked for, you know, I guess her own fantasy before. Mm. I wonder what Maddie's fantasy is. Yes. An astronaut with a patent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I love how she goes through the list and he great. just... His interpretation of the list completely differs from her interpretation of the list. Hard worker. Somebody do the earning, got it. Good listener. Follows orders, that's important. Doesn't overdress. Wears just enough to keep out of jail. I've been looking for this girl myself. Is this going to continue? Well, I could read, but you have to tell me when we come to a light. Has spent some time serving others. Cocktail waitress, good. Something to fall back on during hard times. I think one of us is having trouble interpreting this list. That's all right. Keep reading. You'll catch on. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're having trouble interpreting the list. It's the two different takes is just so good. It just is perfect. I think probably most of the viewers are thinking how Maddie is thinking, I'm guessing, you know, and then how David interprets it. It's just like, what? But it's so true. Two people can interpret the same thing so differently. She's just getting mad at how differently they're seeing things. And he says something about this is what I was talking about when I mentioned getting a second car last week. He mentions getting a second car. Yes. You know, this is precisely the kind of situation I had in mind when I suggested considering getting a second car the other day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Maddie tries to explain to him that she's described a mature, intelligent woman who has substance and Mm -hmm. he's describing an oversexed pack horse with a lobotomy and a (laughs) G-string. Yes, really good. So they have a different interpretation of what is the perfect woman for Alan Tupperman. It's a really interesting, fast-paced dynamic between them in the car. I think it's hilarious. It's a really good scene. Oh, yeah, it's really good. Perfectly delivered by them, of course. And timing, it's really good. And, of course, they're each looking from their point of view, putting their own ideas of what the perfect person would be. And she says this line again, which she said in a previous episode, which leaves us with only one solution. Yeah. When she said, oh, dissolution. Dissolution, Yeah. So this is when he says, this is precisely the kind of situation I had in mind when I suggested considering getting a second car the other day. And then I thought, wow, that's interesting. That went by me real quick because I've never actually noticed him say that before. Um, But it goes past real quick. So you don't sort of really notice it. 
So we'll each find our own woman. I'll take the high road. And as usual, you'll take the low. (laughs) And may the better detective win. Yes. And David loves the idea. And David loves. He goes, there must be something wrong. I love it. Let me get this straight. We each go our own way. We find a woman completely on our own. And we let Tupperman decide who's done the best job. Mm Mm-hmm. Wait a second. There's got to be something wrong with this. Why? I love it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. We start seeing them take their own roads um, and paths to find this woman for Tupperman. Now, the music, I was made to love her, Stevie Wonder. Yes, I was made to love her as a soul music song recorded by American musician Stevie Wonder for Motown's Tamla label in 1967. The song was written by Wonder, his mother Lula Mae Hardaway, Sylvia Moy and producer Henry Cosby and included on Wonder's 1967 album, I Was Made to Love Her. It peaked at number two on the Billboard Pop Singles chart in July 1967. When asked in a 1968 interview which of his songs stood out in his mind, Wonder answered, I was made to love her because it's a true song. The last lyric line, you know Stevie ain't gonna leave her, was ad-libbed by Wonder. So he did an ad lib at the end of the song. Oh, okay. It was a good choice of song. It sort of went with the scene. Oh, I know. Yeah, the upbeat tone of it and this funny montage with David. Now, let me say something about this first location that he goes to. This is a restaurant in Los Angeles that I have been to. Still got the same name? Did it say La Boheme? It was a brochette or something. It was a French name. Okay. Well, now it's called La Boheme. That's the current name. I was trying to remember if that was the the name. Yeah. Okay. So the building, the patio in the front and stuff like that, where he sat, is all there. We call it a beer garden. I don't know if you guys call it that, but it looks like a lovely outdoor restaurant. And brochette. And brochette. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. I thought it was like a double T. Yeah. The basic structure, it hasn't changed. They've got the patio in the front. So we actually went there for dinner one night when my uncle was in town. Very good restaurant. Love OM. Fine dining. I was wondering whether it was a real restaurant because you know how they can dress things up. Yeah, I don't know if that was, you know, what the restaurant was called back in that day or if they changed the name um, at that location. But today it's called La Boheme. So, and it is very good. And this montage with David is one of my favorites. All the things that happened to him leading up to him wearing that little, like, you know, red helmet at the end. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't want anything dumped on him or, you know, he doesn't want to be slapped and, and things like that. I love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And I love it when he sends a drink over by the waiter to this girl and he pulls down his sunglasses. I love that. Yes. Oh, yes. He looks hot. But he's getting a lot of rejection, you know, for the handsome guy he is. But I guess when he tells, it's not for him, you know, maybe they'd want to date him. But yeah, when he tells the reason he's there, I guess that's why they're slapping him and pouring drinks on him and things like that. Yeah. (laughs) Gets hit in the face, gets a drink poured on him and... And then yeah. at the same time, Maddie's going to the Los Angeles Tribune to put an ad in the paper. They're both going about it in their own little unique ways. Like Maddie goes to the paper and David goes, you know, mixing with the girls. Yeah. That's one of my favorite. But yeah, the song, like you said, the song, the montage. I've paused it before and I've looked at um, what Maddie wrote. I don't know if you ever have. And you know, Yeah, have I whole... have, but I didn't. Um, I didn't for this. I didn't, I didn't for this one either, but I have in the past. And yeah, it, it does have a whole thing about who they're looking for. So yeah, it was yeah. Uh, see. Oh, and it has an address here. I'm paused on it now. Man looking for a woman who is a hard worker. Oh, okay. So it's everything from the list, basically. Oh, this is right. what it says. Man looking for a woman who is a hard worker, good listener, someone who's learned the art of conversation, who doesn't overdress, who likes small children, interesting, and animals, considerate, good hostess, something to read high standard or something like that. (laughs) I can't. Anyway, funny. That's what it says. So it's a little bit different from that list, but they've taken it from that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Agnes is inundated with phone calls. So I guess Maddie had a good idea by putting that ad because they're getting a big response from it. But yes, Agnes finally has something to do. Maddie interviews some women who have answered the ad. And I love Miss Vance. She's the best. What the hell? Let's give this cowboy a jump and see what he's got. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love her. 
I love the montage. I love how, you know, the conversation continues with the next person and the things that they say about dating and all of that, you know, which I think are pretty relatable. And also, I thought that some of them looked like they were wearing Maddie's dresses. <laughs> Except there's a purple one that totally looks like the material and pattern that Maddie would wear. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't even look at that. Yeah, look at the clothes next time. Some of the women... I think there's a blonde, I can't remember who, but you'll, you'll see it. If there's a purple dress that looks like just like something Maddie would wear. Oh, so okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, they must've been getting some of these extras clothes from the same shop. They got Maddie's clothes. And mm-hmm. I put, I think the blonde would have been a better choice, but I know they were trying to find someone mousy um, yes. and very opposite yeah. from what David would have picked from what they're saying, the montage of all of their, their dating experiences, it starts to turn and we start to see why they're single. You know, yeah. it's not like they're, they're like the public candidates. There's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of starts to turn where you're like, all right, well, we'll see why you guys are single, you know. As long as you can get along with my pickanese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things like that. Yeah. And then we get David at the strip club. And before that, the modeling agency, he gets thrown out. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. He gets kicked out of the modeling agency. He's just offending people everywhere. And he's getting a little bit tartened as well. Yeah, he's just sitting there having a drink, passes the Tupperman photo, and she puts her stiletto heel through it. (laughs) First of all, absolutely love this scene, this one little scene. I mean, Bruce could not look hotter. And I love (laughs) the view of him through her legs. I mean, he's got his leather jacket on, right? He's got his sunglasses on. He pulls them down again. You kind of get a little glimpse of what how Addison might have spent his Friday night. You know, if he wasn't meeting up with anybody, that's where he'd probably end up. Um, yeah, I agree. That's where he would have yeah. ended up for sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Seems like one of his regular haunts. He seemed very comfortable there, but he seemed like disheartened, like, oh man, I haven't found, you know, I thought this would be easier kind of thing. Yes. And I love the stiletto through the picture and like sends it back to him. It's great. It's just a short scene, but I love it. I love how Bruce looks. I think we get a glimpse of how David was spending this evening. That's one of my favorite scenes. It's well lit and well set yeah. up for yeah. such a short yeah. scene yeah. and in such a small area. Mm-hmm. It really looks like he's in a strip joint or something. And the music and everything, yeah, it just looks perfect. And yeah, it's another it. song by Debage. I like okay. it. Yeah. Uh, and then back to Agnes. And a rhyme. And we have a rhyme. Yay. Yay. And a pervert. <laughs> Heavy breather on the phone. <laughs> Heavy breather, yes. I hear you breathing. Former detective agency, getting strange calls in the middle of the night, strange notes in your mailbox by dawn's early light. Tell us about it. Let us get involved. We'll find the proof and your problems will be solved. Hello? Why don't you say something? (sighs) (sighs) To you, too. (laughs) (laughs) And as this is happening, the camera turns around to the front door of Blue Moon. So when you're watching this, you know that something's going to be happening in the background. Yes. And you know what else I noticed about this in a lot of other episodes as well? That damn phone keeps moving. It's either down the bottom or sometimes it's up the top where the plant is and then they move it down the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, true. Maybe it just depends on where the camera is or how they need her to be sitting to answer the phone. Maddie walks in. I did it. I noticed too that in this scene, there's a lot of single shots of just uh, Maddie and Agnes. Mm-hmm. I found her, the woman, the woman. <laughs> <laughs> Molly's a Rhodes Scholar. Really? You study maps? <laughs> Molly's a gourmet <laughs> cook. She speaks three languages. Amazing. All at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Anyway, Maddie takes her into the office. Au revoir, sayonara. Y'all come back now. I'll come back now, which is so funny. Like, that's a different language. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Au revoir, sayonara. Y'all come back now. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's not English. It's a Southern accent, so it's a different language. (laughs) That's tough to do. That's tough to do, yeah. And the next time we get a rhyme, I think that's going to even up our score. I'm glad you mentioned that because we got a half a rhyme, which will mm-hmm. even up the score, definitely, once I add them all up. <laughs> Another half a rhyme from Agnes. And the caller interrupts her to ask her if she's naked. Former detective agency, getting strange calls in the middle of the night, strange notes in the... What? What do you mean am I naked? 
I know it's a yes or no question. <laughs> and then she puts the person on hold because dun, 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 dun. David. Because David walks in mm-hmm. to the Bushels Coffee commercial. <laughs> the Bushels now, Coffee commercial. Is that the song they use? The music is actually from Space Odyssey 2001, the Stanley Kubrick okay. film, 1968. But it's actually right. called Also Sprach Zarathustra. It's a German composed music from 1896 by Richard Strauss in case anybody's wondering what that is. But I call it the Bushels commercial because many, many years ago in Australia, there's a coffee called Bushels. The brand is called Bushels. And they use this music to start the ad and the great big jar of, you can imagine the camera's low and there's a great big jar of Bushels coffee and they just started with this music and it was, you know, it was a very popular ad. And you know what? I can't find it on YouTube and I don't know why. So anyway, hmm. that's the music to it, and it was appropriate. Yes. It's very, like, big announcement kind of thing going on, you know? Don mm-hmm. your goggles. <laughs> Don your goggles. <laughs> now, I have to ask two questions here. My first question mm-hmm. is, he finds Stevie in that restaurant. Does he? Yes. Oh, okay. When he's wearing that red helmet, he's talking to Stevie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, Gosh, then he goes okay. to the modeling agency. Then he goes to the strip club, but he'd already found Stevie. So that part I don't get. Mm. Um, the other thing is when he says, Don your goggles, there's yeah. five workers in that scene. In yeah. the next two cuts, there's only four. So yeah. maybe the guy didn't turn up for work. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for work as in moonlighting work. Yeah, as in moonlighting. Mm. Um, the other thing about this, you know, he says, Don your goggles. There's a long shot on Bruce, of course, as he's giving his whole speech and moving across the reflection in the blue moon window. You can see two boom mics and a whole lot of people. Oh, really? Oh, I miss yeah. that. Yes. And the mics are moving, you know, as he moves and things like that. And it's a little foggy, but you can just see that there's a lot more people and maybe the camera, you could probably make it out. So reflection of the crew. I tell you what, I wouldn't have liked to have had the job of moving walls and moving desks and moving chairs every time they wanted the camera there. I know. Those cameras were big back in the day too. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Um, David's very proud of himself. People. He's been engaged in a quest and he slides the flower pot towards the wall. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how he said, I've been on a journey, an odyssey to find a woman because yeah. the music was from yeah. Space Odyssey. Wait, yes. correction, not just a woman. So anyway, tells them to don their goggles. Now, I don't know why I notice this all the time, but he calls Stevie. He goes, hey, Stevie. He flips his head to indicate for her to come in. And then you see her yeah. feet come around the corner. Yeah. And there is just some awful plaster work on the floor, on the, yes. on the skirting board. <laughs> I saw that too. It's like, that doesn't look very good. Oh, it's dreadful. Anyway. Why can they make that look better, you know? And Agnes is in awe, like she was when she first saw Maddie in the pilot. The men are flabbergasted. Anyone got a match? And they they all run for the door. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, I know. But my question is, and I know this is a different time and people have different tastes, but really, is Stevie the hottest thing they've ever seen? (laughs) Why are they all going like crazy for her? You know, I, I mean, really, know. her look is like not that hot at all. Well, I know? guess the first thing is she's tall, mm-hmm. and the second thing is she's a redhead. Yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, they are acting like, oh, you know, she's the end all to beat all, and yeah, she's just, I guess, dress cut down low, redhead, could be hot and spicy, all that. Yeah. So, um, and David's acting like he's just dying over her as well. It's funny because we know that Bruce is a brunette man. Yes. They all start running for the door and David picks her up and gets her out of there but leaves her handbag behind. Oh, (laughs) really? So there's all this commotion in the front office with Stevie there. And then we cut to Maddie and Molly in her office. And um, I was just like, they don't hear any of this. They don't hear this commotion (laughs) going on. It's like quiet in Maddie's office and boring Molly is, you know, even boring Maddie. I know. Even Maddie is a bored by her, you know what I mean? So it's like, what's the fascination of Maddie, you know, like and Molly? 
Cayenne pepper represents a new frontier, you know. And she's like, uh uh-huh, acting interested in what she's saying. Yeah. She really isn't. That's what I'm saying. It's like, well, why did you think this was going to be a good person for a Tupperman if, like, she even bores you, Maddie? Oh, and I forgot to mention that the he slams the door open when he comes in with Stevie. Okay. And now he rushes in and slams both doors open as he walks in with Stevie into Maddie's office. So do we have four or five right now? Five. Five, okay. By the way, it just crossed my mind, Sybil's twin, the girl, her name was Molly, Molly Ariel. So it was Cyrus. Is Zachariah. Yes, Cyrus Zachariah and Molly Ariel. The fact that they use Molly, you know, of course, this was way before that, but, uh, mm. you know, the name that she liked. So David barges in with Stevie. That ain't searches over sound of horns. Call off the dogs. We done found a fox. <laughs> found fox. Oh, that's the good double. Double mm. meaning there. He's oblivious to yes, Molly sitting there, or maybe he doesn't even. It wouldn't even register that that's who Maddie would choose. But yeah, I think he's just oblivious to her being there because he's so caught up in the fact that he found the one. I know, but, but isn't he curious of who this woman is? Because they're always excited when they get a client. Yes, and the other thing is the deal was Maddie was going to find somebody, and he was going to find someone, and made the better detective win. So. Why is he so adamant? Like, I found the one, I found the one. No, you, you found the one that you chose. And Maddie has her one and then Tupperman chooses. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't understand why he's like acting like that anyway, because that's not even, you know, that's off that's, the plot. Yeah, it's just his arrogant side coming out, knowing yeah. that he's got the best option yeah. and he knows best. Yeah, true. And I love Stevie ashing in his hand and all of that stuff. Really funny. He's like, it's okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And he makes a reference here to um, Roy and Dale, which I had to look up because I didn't know what that was. It's obviously Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. So that was that. That's right. Yes. They were husband and wife, right? Yeah. Western movies. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie's trying to stop him. And she's like, and Molly's sitting there. Uh Go cut a switch. Looks like the woodshed for David. Oh my gosh, yeah, he's going to get a licking from Maddie. But Molly's thinking, hang on, is she part of the same case? Um, yeah. And Maddie tells them both not to discuss their individual cases, gets them out of the office. Yeah. And David yeah. is still pushing his chin up as Stevie leaves. Oh my gosh, I know, yeah. And Maddie slams both doors. Both doors shut. There you which go. means we have seven so far. Seven? Yep. All right. You're the boss. They're all angry in this episode. (laughs) How can you parade that, that through my office? I wrote great, fast dialogue, good banter and creative editing because it's a mix of single shots and of shots of both of them there. Kind of a long, heavy dialogue scene in Maddie's office. But yeah, I'm not sure if they're both there the whole time for filming. We notice it a lot now. I know, but, we do. But, but you know what? The editors did a wonderful job. They um, did. Yeah. It's so fast that it seems like they're both there, but, but yeah. they're single shots, so they're obviously not. But anyway. Yes. So they start arguing about who meets the requirements on the list. They obviously disagree. David says she meets two big ones. She's willing and female. Yeah. So not taking it seriously, but Maddie's taking it very seriously. Got to read between the lines. Don't you mean between the sheets? Supermarket, Maddie. <laughs> I love the way he says it. <laughs> <laughs> a very interesting card. But I like how he looks out the door and mm-hmm. only a woman. Only a woman? Were the 27 Yankees only a baseball team? Are the Himalayas only a bunch of hills? Are 36 inches only a yard? And Maddie yeah. slams the door shut <laughs> again. And we have eight. <laughs> we have eight. <laughs> no that's good yeah that's no i mean we both said you know because we obviously view this separately but like the one thing we both said after we watched this episode is wow this is a obviously we can't go through every line but such a dense episode with the dialogue the banter the innuendo the double meanings the references and I can see why they needed a break after this episode, you know, and like you yeah. said before, it's like they'll already look tired and, and all of that, but they got their work cut out for them on this one. For sure. 
Maddie feels that she definitely has the right woman for Alan Tupperman and feels that it's a very important decision for the rest of Alan Tupperman's life. David opens the door and says, Brenda, boring? (laughs) (laughs) And she slams the door again. So that's number nine. Number nine. Lots of door slams. And she feels that she'd make a wonderful wife. Yeah, I know the type. Good little dancer. All the girls like her. Don't even mind the hair on her mold. You are a repugnant human being. It's a gift. (laughs) I love how he goes. So, you mind telling me where you hooked this halibut in case we want to throw her back? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Some great lines here, but they're so fast and it's it's just the best. Yep. Supermarket Maddie. Well, good a place as any, I guess. Yeah, well. He was out hunting in his own ways. I think she got desperate at the last moment. The women that came to the office didn't seem to cut it, but she was like, all right, here's a homemaking, simple woman. They obviously disagree, but say, okay, well, may the better detective win, see who Alan Tupperman picks. And he opens the door for her and she goes through the door and he blows her a kiss. (laughs) What the hell is that about? I know. Well, he's being his arrogant ass self. That was like, yeah, it was, it wasn't sweet. It was definitely arrogant. No. He's very confident that he's going to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And Tupperman will decide. And he closes the door, but I didn't count that as a door slam. Okay. My next note is just that, does David want Stevie for sure? Or is he just putting on a show for Maddie or both? Well, the way he's acting, I think he'd want her for himself. Yes. I mean, the way she slides into his office and all of that, it looks like, well, what are they going to do in there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, they both go into the outer office and both women are sitting in the waiting area and the men are staring at her. Not them, they're staring at her. Hey, Stevie, yes. you want to bring that moneymaker in my office? Mm-hmm. God. And I noticed I too here, the female workers have disappeared from the office in this scene. They're not there. Oh, anyway. uh, really? Yeah. But I forgot to mention earlier, I think it's in an earlier scene, that that extra Christine, I think her name's Christine Kaufman, She's got a hat stand holding it diagonally, stopping the guys from coming into Maddie's office. Oh, uh, <laughs> a hat rack again. So every time they open that door, you could see her holding the boys back from coming into Maddie's office. Uh, it was so funny. Oh, right. Yeah, that is funny. I know. Yes, all these little details. Very yeah. Funny. So they go into their respective offices with each woman and Maddie slams the door. So that's number 10. And then he does his slamming of his teeth together, which is weird. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he's just chomping at the bit to get to uh, Stevie. So the next morning, looks like it's the next day, Maddie's talking to Agnes and she's saying there's nothing wrong with a woman being a bit aggressive, taking the initiative. What's the worst that can happen? So I'm thinking, I know what she was referring to, maybe, the caller that's been ringing Agnes, but has there been a scene cut here? I don't know if there's been a scene cut. It's kind of like, I mean, maybe, maybe there was a talk with Agnes and Maddie in the office because sometimes they do have those talks about men and dating and stuff like that. But I think it it got a little lost, but there's a little bit of a side thing going on with Agnes and this caller who's more of a pervert, but now she's actually considering going out with them. Yeah. It's kind of a weird little side thing that kind of gets lost, but yeah, I wrote uh, next scene, Maddie's giving Agnes dating advice, um, be the aggressor. Always interesting to hear Maddie's thoughts on dating and relationships. Similar to yeah. what she did in Next Stop Murder when she was giving her advice. Yeah, with the, with the guy who sold hot food. Hot food. Um, not sandwiches either, hot food. Okay, then we have a long Agnes rhyme. Yes, so now we have 2.5 rhymes from Agnes today. We're catching up. Yeah, Agnes is getting her rhymes in. Mm. And it's Agnes's pervert. But Maddie and David are like waiting for her to get through this rhyme because they want to know if it's Tupperman. They're super impatient with her long rhyme, but then it's only Agnes's pervert. <laughs> Rumor Detective Agency, running on beauty pageant and need to know if any of the girls post for photos that show more than a swimsuit competition would allow. Just give us a call and we'll find out now. We have sources at all the major men's magazines and we'll use them to help keep your beauty pageant clean. It's okay. Stop 
So good. Well, until next time. I'm Grace. And I'm Shauna. Thank Thank you you for for listening listening to to Moonlighting Moonlighting the Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.